Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. Maddie D and I were back at it once again, previewing all the action for football this weekend in both the NCAA and in the NFL. We give our reactions to the first college football playoff poll. We look into a few theories of how everything might unfold, as well as a few key matchups for this weekend. We also look at the NFL trade deadline, how it affects everybody, and how it specifically affects the Eagles. And as always, we give our cold, hard locks. Those are our picks against the spread for those new to the program. As always, though, please like and share the podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. and Leave a nice little five-star review. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports is the handles on Facebook and Instagram. Keep an eye out for our stories this weekend. ThunderBlogSports.com, like I said, is our presenting website. Keep an eye out for the Funbee Tailgate blog where we will give our college football picks. But enjoy this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks again. And welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man. With me, as always, my man, Matty D. What's up, buddy? Uh, it's like San Diego in Philadelphia right now. It's like 70-75 with a little bit of a breeze, zero humidity. But unlike San Diego, we have a football team. And we have a football team that's the best in the NFL. That gets me fired up for my day right there. That alone. alone. But, I mean, hey, it's been a great sports week, too. So, Uh, Yeah, pretty good sports week. We uh, The Flyers lost 3-0 last night, and they're about to go to St. Louis. But other than that, first Sixers home win, the World Series. uh, You know, you ended up being right, picking the the Astros in seven. I was close with Astros in six. Uh, I mean, Matt, what, what did you think of, of the very end quickly before we uh, jump on to the main event? Kind of a – kind of a, I mean, just it was hard, but kind of a meh ending to a great series, yeah. right? Like game seven, hmm. Uh, saw something today that looked like you, Darvish. Whenever he went to throw his slider, he would hold his hand up, and then his, his back arm would just move a little bit every time he went to throw the slider. And he was apparently – might have been tipping his pitches throughout the series to these hitters, which could have – Right. Um, but it's great for Houston. I, I was pulling for them the whole time, so I, I, they were my guys the whole way. Um, really excited for the city. I don't feel – I felt bad for my boy Chase. I'm sure you probably felt kind of the same way there. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of tough to see him really struggle, I guess, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, he, he had an interesting series, and, and it was kind of not a microcosm of what happened with L.A. because obviously uh, they had a couple games that didn't start very well, then the bats kind of got it going. Um, last night they just couldn't string it together. Uh, you could debate on who was the right one to bring in or not at, at pinch hit situations. Um, obviously Andre Ethier had that their lone RBI, so that was the better choice. Would have liked to see Chase in Game Seven. He was in Game Six. Part of the reason for those late runs. Um, bummer for him. We'll see if he does come back next year. It'd be be fun. Uh, if not, you know, maybe he sends a little one day contract with the Phillies. Uh. Please you know, do, hangs Joe. out with Gabe, hangs out with Gabe Kapler for a day, and you know we got some some good content there. Uh, but yeah, it's a bummer. Baseball season's over, but we're not here for that. That's the bullpen cart. Expect the full you know off season stuff with me, Greg, and Matt as well. 
once we uh, jump into jump into really into that and winter meetings and all that shit. But let's get into football. Wild, wild weekend last weekend. Obviously, Penn State goes down, TCU goes down. A lot happened, and we got the first college football playoff poll. And you know, for those that that checked out my blog from Monday afternoon, I picked Bama at number one. I was wrong. Georgia at number two. I was wrong. Flip flop those teams. I picked Ohio State at three, which was dead wrong. And then I picked Notre Dame at four, which I kind of still wrong, but I at least had Notre Dame in. Matt, what were your reactions to this poll? Because you and I were kind of on the same the same boat that Clemson didn't really have a good shot coming right. in and, and up to be the four. Yeah, I, I must. I mean, uh, what, I, what week, I, I mean. do appreciate is is now we've got a college football playoff committee that's looking at non-conference strength of schedule. For example, Wisconsin and Miami are ranked ninth and 10th. They're undefeated. But the, the, the committee said, look, well, you guys didn't – Wisconsin has literally played nobody of value. So, no, yeah. Same with Bama. Right. Well, Bama had Florida State. Now, that doesn't look as strong anymore, and that'll change with Bama. But I get, I get Georgia number one, Florida, Alabama number two. Um, that, now, this coming week, Alabama plays at number 19 LSU, a big test for Alabama. So I, I love the way they've set this up. I, I didn't think I agreed with Clemson at four or Notre Dame. I honestly thought Oklahoma and Ohio State had better arguments. Here's the key. The key. They're all going to have to play people. Yep. Um, I, was, I was a little surprised with Clemson. It seems like Clemson got more credit for being the national champions than Alabama has gotten credit for having Nick Saban as their coach. Yep. Um, so – yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty exciting there. Yeah. So you actually hit on something that I that I touched upon in my, uh, you know, CFP poll post that I put up last night. Um, for the long time, long time viewers, readers, you know that do the Friday post with the picks, and then as the polls come out, do the you know Wednesday post reacting to it all. And I hit, I said that as well of. I was a little shocked that Oklahoma or Ohio State didn't get in over one another. In fact, it's, it's kind of funny. Oklahoma beats Ohio State. They're one ahead. Ohio State beats Penn State. They're one ahead. But I guess they're just giving Clemson the credit because, you know, Clemson played, you know, beat Virginia Tech, who's up in the top 15. They're playing Miami this weekend. We'll get to those games. But I guess you're giving them the credit. Um, I did, though. I, I like that you were at least giving, just as you said, the acknowledgement to the schedule. Um, the one thing that I've always, I've always been a big stickler on this and I'm probably dead wrong on, on thinking it. I've always thought they should project what they want the actual playoff to be as if, you know, they're kind of, they're almost trying to be, you know, look into the crystal ball and how the rest right. of the season goes. Um, which, you know, in just pure statistics, Notre Dame getting through their gauntlet versus Miami getting through theirs or even Clemson getting through theirs or, or Ohio State getting through the rest of the Big Ten, or, or Wisconsin for that matter, seems a little more likely than Notre Dame getting through all the stuff they have to do. Um, right. But I did think that the at least one uh, point and check mark in my favor was that they, and this is why I had Notre Dame at four and Georgia at two, and it ended up being both teams ended up being one ahead, is that is that I think if and it's possible that we could see this, that if two teams make the Final Four, who've played each other, the committee is in no way, shape, or form going to have them rematch in the first round. So I think 
There's a little nod to that, however way you want to shake it out, especially with Notre Dame at three. Um, but, I, you know, I, I definitely think they're really, really strongly hinting at that. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I, I get that. And I think the other thing, too, is I, I think they also can see the schedules. We forget. Clemson has played some, some serious talent, right? They did beat Auburn. We, Auburn, we can't... Auburn, they beat Louisville, who's now f- at Louisville. They beat Vatek on the road. Um, yep. they're playing NC State. So, so they, they, they do deserve it more than I think we're giving them credit for. And then when you you feel like, oh, Miami it's, has it's the Syracuse lost in the game this past weekend that just leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Right. No, right. Because to me, so, so to me, the big one is, and I know they, I know that Clemson played people, but um, Ohio State lost to Oklahoma. Now, I know it was on at home and it was kind of a rough loss, but still, that, they, they challenged themselves, you know, and they lost. I, you know, but I, I don't know. Uh, here's the key. These guys are all going to start to play each other here. We talked about this last week. So um, uh, Miami's going to have some big games coming up. Uh, Clemson's got some ta- some games. Notre Dame's got some games. Oklahoma State plays Oklahoma, which is essentially a you're in, you're out game. The winner of that game is in the playoff hunt. The loser is out of the playoff hunt. So all of a sudden, all these other teams are going to start to kind of straighten themselves out. Um, and it's going to get really interesting really quickly here because a lot of these one-loss teams between three and eight are going to have to play each other, and they're going to start to lose. Yep, exactly. And and this weekend really, really kicks it off. We've said in the, the upcoming weeks um, that, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're starting to see just the tip, just, you know, just the tip of the iceberg. We're finally getting it. And we are. This weekend we get three of these elimination games, and it's awesome that we're finally getting into – into that action and figuring it all out of, of who's really going to go where. I mean, even more so than than you know the the bedlam uh, bedlam mat or whatever whatever the actual official name is between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, Miami, which is really more or really for both teams. It's it's a good good opportunity. Um, other games too, where Penn State has to rebound against a Michigan State team, who you know that's basically elimination for. Maybe second. We don't know what Michigan does down the down the road. Um, although they do have two two losses, I'm saying if they end up pulling a couple upsets against a Wisconsin or a or a Ohio State. Um, but there's a lot of, especially this weekend. There's a lot of games that really can shake out which which way it does go. Which is part of why I think there's only one Pac-12 team in the top 15. But I also think the committee is trying. Oh, hey. Pac-12, there's a lot that your champion will need to do and survive through in order to get into the playoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with, I think they're out. And when yeah, I, and I think they're out too. Right. I wrote in the blog, it needs to be a couple three-loss teams from the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC, and Notre Dame losing another game, at least one more game, probably two more, right. uh, for any, any such situation to happen. But. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think when you look at this weekend, um, for the big, for the big, the big, the Pac-12's got Oregon at Washington. Washington has to win. They they have to win out. And Oregon is not a particularly good team, but they're not terrible. Royce Freeman can run the ball, and then USC Arizona is a late cap, but they they really don't. They really run themselves out of chances to be legitimate contenders. They've got a lot of Agreed. ranked teams. Stanford plays Washington State this week, but they don't have anybody that is elite enough now. With with really USC getting pummeled for their second loss of the season against Notre Dame, and then and then Washington stumbling, they've kind of knocked themselves out. And I think the other the other power conference, 
that is teetering on the edge of knocking themselves out would be the Big 12. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. We, we, I mean, I just mentioned, I think the best team outside – so to me, the best team out of the top ten that has a shot to make the playoff is Oklahoma State. Because okay. they, can, they make a statement win against Oklahoma this weekend. That raises their status. A couple other teams fall different directions. Um, and they got to go play uh, Iowa State and then a good Kansas State team on, at home. They're probably into the, the Big 12 playoff game, but they're probably the best shot outside of Oklahoma to do that. Um, yeah, and so all of a sudden, I mean, and I and I know TCU sitting there at seven and one, but they're going to have less of an opportunity. To me, Oklahoma State's the best team out of the top ten, and the, and to make a, to have a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I almost even wrote that the Big Twelve was done uh, because of how because of how they've played and, and the quite you know in my opinion cannibal, cannibalization that's happened within there. Within their conference, and I think if you see Oklahoma State pull off that upset, because remember, it's not set up division one way or the other of you know east, west, north, south, however you want to call it, leaders, legends, mm-hmm. Atlantic, coastal, big and 12. Um, no, no, it's not set up that way. It's one and two, and presumably, and granted, this would be a huge case in, in uh Oklahoma State's favor if they were to win against Oklahoma and just go down through the entire schedule that they have. Um, they would probably play TCU again, who plays Oklahoma next week. Um, so the likelihood of Oklahoma getting through the next couple weeks is a little unlikely. Uh, if they do, I think even if Notre Dame and Clemson keep winning, I think Oklahoma can and will skip over them. We've seen the committee do this before. It happened a bunch last year with what was going on with Ohio State, what was going on with Penn State, what was going on with Michigan, really in the Big Ten. But that was, you know, um, you know, you saw it with Washington and Colorado and, and all the different stuff that was going on with with that. And and I I do honestly think that you know if they get through those two games, you could see them jump up to three. Uh, granted. The big thing, and, and kind of the the one thing you have to remember here is, is uh, just be cautious of. We're all assuming that Alabama and Georgia are going to both meet in the SEC championship undefeated. Undefeated. I was going to say that. Which, right? seems un- which seems likely, but it's probably more like a fifty fifty at this point. <laughs> right. So, so I think I was going to say I think that actually is a really good point, though, because you're right. We are assuming that they are going to make it, and that's a big deal because if one of those two has a hiccup, it opens up a lot of possibilities. I guess what you have to do is you have to look at what teams have the ability to hop over other teams on the way to the top. To me, the big eye-opener is Miami. If they win out, they're going to end up in the playoff. They have to. They have yeah, to. they'd be undefeated. They'd have right. to out of a power conference, the conference that produced last year's champion. You have to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. But it's funny. Uh, right. You finish your point. I'll, no, I'm no, pulling no, up no. a, a thing about the, the SEC. I guess my point is you, you, look at, you look at Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, TCU, lump there from five to eight. Great teams. Yep. They all have arguments to why they should be in. But Ohio State and Oklahoma control their own destiny. So does TCU to an extent. But. They're going to have other teams like a Miami or even an Oklahoma State or possibly a Wisconsin that can leap them simply because they can reach their title games now easily. So to me, that's just a big deal. Um, but I'm blown away because we looked at this last last week 
and it looked totally different. Yep, it absolutely then, did. Right, and then we look at it this week. Here's the other cool thing. There's the college football versus the AP is fascinating. Yeah, and that, that's the nice thing. And the the AP poll is much more – it only really punishes you, and you and I have said this a million times, when you lose. With the college football playoff poll, they punish you really for anything. If you look at somebody the wrong way, I feel like they right. punish you. Right, Um But – it's it's nice. It's refreshing to see. I think that's kind of they might do overdo it a little bit just for the fact that you know everybody's kind of tired of you know is it a computer poll? Is it just this team stays right. at number two until they finally lose or this that you know how much does somebody really have to do to leapfrog somebody? They've always said that they look at it from a blank slate every single week and you know at least in this case and it's always with the first poll, but it seems like they really are right. No, no, no. I get that. I get that. I mean, there's some big game, but look, this weekend is fantastic. Yep. Clemson goes to NC State, who just came off a tough loss to Notre Dame. So that's a big game for Clemson. They're only eight-and-a-half-point favorites there. I know it's college. It's a little different, but there's a huge game. NC State pulls an upset. Clemson's out. Uh, yep. We already talked Oklahoma State-Oklahoma. Might be the biggest mm, – close to the biggest game of the weekend. I might have another one that I think is particularly large, but that's a huge game. The loser is out. The winner is in. It's in Stillwater. It's in Oklahoma State. Oh, tell you, um, that, that, that's like a, one of the bigger games ever for both teams. Uh, winner yeah. and winner wins out. Now they still have some tough games. And then on top of that, I think the one game that we're not keying on here, we have, we'll have what I've mentioned. We've now both mentioned the teams, but Miami – is hosting Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, yeah, it's huge, huge both, game. Both one, you know, one is a one loss, one's a no loss team. Miami comes out of their unscathed. They continue to climb the poles. They've got a shot. Uh, Vatech wins. I'm not sure they have enough resume wise to make it all the way through to the playoff, but it's a big win. But this is a chance to knock Miami out of the running here. So Miami loses to me. Not sure they have it to get all the way. Through. Oh, they played Notre Dame. But I still don't know if they have it all the way to get through. So this is kind of a play-in game for Miami. Um, so to me, that is just – it's just really, really big. Um, and then we're awaiting some other big big opponents that are coming up. So it's just um, – it, it's going to start to – just a lot of more cannibalization as we've talked about, and these teams yep. are going to start to fall. But I think the, the most important thing is Georgia and Alabama continue to reign at the top, and they're not going anywhere unless they lose. So they're to me, they're locked into the playoffs. Well, even Notre Dame and Clemson have the opportunity to slip a little bit if other teams play better around them or, or they have close games. I, what I would hope is that the college football playoff ranking would say, you know what, Oklahoma State beat o- Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State in Oklahoma State. Does that should that bump them above Clemson? Should that bump them up into the playoffs? Personally, yeah. I think it should. You've grown your strength of schedule. So to me, this ranking shouldn't be fluid on just winning out. If everybody wins out, should Oklahoma make it in? Should Ohio State make it in? Um, I, I think they have an argument to jump Clemson or Notre Dame if they win out on these big games they have coming up. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's it's one of those things that – and before I get to the SEC point I was, I'm, I was going to make, assuming that they both make the SEC championship undefeated – it makes the committee look at this pretty, pretty good and you know long and hard at the final two spots. What criterion do we really want to make the most important? Do we want to make it scheduling? Do we want to make it pedigree? Do we want to make it the eye test? 
you know, where do we really want to look at this in, and you know, what are we weighing more than another? It's almost like towards the end of the dark night, Batman's holding the Joker up. He can't pull himself to let the Joker fall. And the Joker's like, Oh, you need me. Uh, that was terrible. Heath Ledger impression. That's all um, right. I'll give you a break. Give me a break. But basically, and we've talked about this a million times, you need, like, if you're, if you're Oklahoma, you beat Oklahoma state at Oklahoma state, you have to pray to God that Oklahoma state ends the season with two losses. You know, if they lose another one or, or even Ohio state's in the same boat, cause they lost to Oklahoma. They need to make sure that Oklahoma does well. And kind of that spider web of how it all builds in and ties together. Cause Oklahoma say they fall off the, they fall off the wagon and no pun intended there. Um, they end up being seven and five or, you know, really just lose their shit. Ohio state's loss now looks a lot worse than, right. than it did, you know, than it does right now. That's the thing about, about Iowa state coming in at number 15, coming into this first poll. It's, it's pricing in. I, I like to use that a lot in, in my analysis of, of the poll. Um, you know, a lot, some of their wins where they could be to make a, a logical jump. Granted, they're at 14 in the AP poll. They, they hopscotched 11 different teams. Um, and you should, you've taken down two teams that are in the top 10. They sit there. Now I have two thoughts about the SEC and I'm going to start with the SEC East first. Georgia, even if they fall at some point, let's say to Auburn, probably the most logical loss comes into this weekend they play south carolina they're up two games oh no just a game and a half on them excuse me my computer's a little cracked made the five look like a six they're up a game and a half on the gamecocks really need to something we need to happen for them to, to yield that that lead um especially since both schools have their last week against their acc in-state rivals georgia tech and clemson respectively um, you know, th- there need to be something that happens. They need to drop two games for that to happen. So in other words, Georgia could lose to Auburn, still make it. Now, on the note of Auburn, or make it the, the SEC championship, I say. On the note of Auburn, though, they sit at the 14 spot in the first college football playoff poll. Do you know why I specifically point out where they sit? What, were they 14th? When they played Alabama with Cam Newton years ago, no. Okay, then why? Why two, we the go first ahead. two years in the college football playoff? Ohio State and I believe Michigan State were both ranked 14th in the first poll. Ohio State goes on to make the playoff as the four seed and go on and win. Michigan State makes the playoff. A lot of people thought this was going to happen with Colorado last year. It didn't. It broke the streak. But this Auburn team, anybody can admit, it's a lot better than that Colorado team was. A lot of it you saw again right. with the Colorado team you have this year. They came away with a lot of good win or you know a lot of good losses. You should say um, last year they had a lot of good wins. This Auburn team could do some damage. They played Georgia. They obviously play Alabama. If both team, if Alabama's undefeated, eleven and zero, and Auburn's ten and one, it's the same scenario as the kick six. Auburn comes in and wins, 
And it depends on the Georgia team they play in the SEC, presumably in the SEC championship. That rematch, I mean, that could even be the same. It could debatably be the same thing as undefeated, but we're re- I'm really putting on my tinfoil hat here. I just thought it was worth noting that that a team that you and I have talked about to not sleep on comes in at that, you know, sort of that special spot on the in the poll of the first poll that is, um, right. and they they could be on it. And that that feeling's there. That that Iron Bowl is going to be all too important, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch all of this unfold. But yeah, I, I mean. That's definitely one to throw in, though, is Georgia, South Carolina, because that's Georgia's a big favorite. It's at home, uh, but you never know, you know right. with, the, with well, these I, kind of games. I, the other thing is, and this is not like not to really bash on Georgia. They beat Notre Dame, which is a which is a great looking win. Yeah, and they beat Mississippi State, and they have smoked. They have really, other than Notre Dame, I mean, they've really rolled every other opponent. But to be honest, they haven't played the big time schedule that you're normally like you seeing in the the SEC because Tennessee is not what they normally are. Florida is not what they normally are. Now they go to Auburn in two weeks, in two weeks, that's huge. And they'll most likely meet Alabama. So they'll get their fill, but they might, they might be somewhat riding on the, the, the coattails of the SEC because the rest of their schedule, I'm not blown away when I look at it, like I am with a lot of these other higher ranked teams. So we'll see. But it's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know what? So there's some other interesting games. Ohio State visits visits Iowa. Iowa's never an easy place to play. We saw that with um, last year and then this year with Penn State, who eked out a, a late, late, late win on a late touchdown throw. So that's kind of a more dangerous game than people are, are probably talking about. The line's pretty much favoring um ohio state there but still i mean i don't think that's a i don't think that's just a shoe in game and auburn goes to texas a&m texas a&m they're five and three but still you know i don't want to just totally disregard a texas a&m team that's had some glory years in the past few years so and no, no. Yeah. that's definitely one to keep an eye out for we uh talked a little bit uh offline about the penn state michigan state game that's definitely one that penn state doesn't really you know watch themselves they could that could be a lot closer than they'll need it to be michigan state coming back into the rankings um wisconsin going to indiana indiana you know they're oh and five in the big 10 so it sounds kind of ridiculous for me to even talk about this but they did play ohio state very well they always seem to play the good teams incredibly well at home um so watch out for that game that could definitely spell out a trap game um the one game though i i think that kind of hammers home our cannibalization discussion is now unranked West Virginia hosting Iowa state. West Virginia is currently favored by a field goal, two and a half points, but that could be, that could be huge. I mean, that could really shake things up, really readjust wins and losses within the, within the conference. And it it may hurt the big 12, the eventual big 12 champion, whoever that ends up being, in the long run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I am. Um, you're right. It's just, um, now I guess the question is, I guess the question is, we're going to see this again. How much the committee values a conference championship. And the reason I bring yep. that up is Penn State loses by one on the road to Ohio State. They run the yep. table and they have one loss. Yep. Do they deserve? 
assuming there are a few other, you know, there's, you know, let's just say Clemson, let's say, let's say Alabama and Georgia go all the way. They, you know, somebody loses, so they're both in, as I think they will and should be. But let's say Notre Dame trips up and they have a loss. And let's say Clemson loses here. And all of a sudden, could Penn State jump? And I know, I guess we have to assume Ohio State trips up as well because that's what I was going to say. Last year, yeah, I'm trying to find a way for them for them to have a, a, a legitimate gripe for not being in. So last year, the way this all worked out, because it was the the triad of the you know big three in the in the Big East or the Big Ten East, Michigan played Penn State, then Penn State played Ohio State, then Ohio State played Michigan. Same order this year, but it's been the opposite of results. Right. For Penn State, presumably for this to work out where Penn State gets in as the non-Big Ten champion, they would need Michigan to beat Ohio State and nothing else, I think. If Michigan does beat Ohio State, the team they lost to, and they killed Michigan – that I think boosts their resume enough that they don't need a conference championship to get into the playoff. Ohio State trips up say this weekend at Iowa, then annihilates Michigan. It doesn't matter. They're probably then, out. then those two wins for Michigan or Penn State and Ohio State over Michigan are basically they wash each other away. Ohio State, if they crush Iowa on the road, Penn State beat them on a last second touchdown that was this much and bad radio i'm literally showing about an inch not even a half an inch of you know of space if you haven't seen that catch go youtube it um but you know i mean that's really in order for that to happen because that's what happened in ohio state they lose to penn state that was penn you know penn state had already lost two games to Pitt and one to michigan and because ohio state then beat michigan who was at the time uh, no, they had they had lost to Iowa. Um, Iowa always comes back into this. Uh, that was their second loss, and that's how Penn State got in because they beat Ohio State. You know, basically, you have to have the reverse of it for Penn State to do what Ohio State did to them, to do the redo the dirty, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's all crazy how this stuff works out, and it's so much fun to talk about, isn't it? No, oh, it is. It is. And I got to tell you, probably is equally fun to talk about is this giant seeping pool of mediocrity that is the national football league oh yeah that's a perfect segue matt bravo Bravo. we are just covered in this in, in every division up for grabs every every game somehow a team is still in a playoff hunt really diff almost different in that regard from the from the college so right now i mean and i know it's a little different obviously because you know eight teams you know um uh, six teams in each division get in, so twelve get in instead of four in college football. But still, we are looking at one of the more, and not necessarily in a bad way, because I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the player quality, but just the teams are very evenly balanced right now across the NFL, mm-hmm. um, and we're seeing strange, strange conclusions throughout throughout every week. Um, you know, new teams rising to the top. Um, very interesting. And uh, another huge week this week, one of those hefty bye weeks in the NFL with six teams on bye, including a lot of fantasy football players with the Patriots, Steelers, and Chargers, along with the Vikings on bye this week 
and then the Bears and the Browns to follow. So a lot of players, a lot of teams on by, a lot of fantasy football players uh, killing me on by. But a fascinating week that's already underway, 11-29 left in the first Bills visiting the Jets on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But let's just jump into it, Jordy. Number one in the NFL, number one in the NFC East, your leading MVP candidate on the field are Eagles. Look strong and look stronger after the trade. Birds. <laughs> they do indeed. And I could not believe the trade they pulled because you and I spent most of the tailgate last week, for those that, that listened but didn't follow us on, on Instagram and, and the social medias, Matt had thought he wasn't, but that we all knew he was. Then I got the nod. How did that work? It worked out. It was all great. Um, but we spent a lot of the time of our tailgate. You and I just literally were in our little own little corner, just being nerds, talking about what the Eagles could do. To be honest, I didn't even realize the trade deadline was on was the, the other day. Um, but still, it you know we we talked about we didn't even discuss a running back situation that they could even right. pull out. Getting getting JHIE or anything like that. We 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 figured out after you and I talked about this that they worked out a few linebackers. They worked out a few offensive linemen. I don't think they signed anybody, especially after making this trade and, and adding another personnel spot. Um, but the trade, I mean, what an extra, what awesome layers of complexity does this add to the Eagles? You get an extra player in the run game. You get a great pass blocker, which especially with losing an offensive lineman like Jason Peters, you need, especially because you you might want to start blitzing a hot young quarterback and see if you can make him get a little nervous. Why not add a good guy to be that last line of defense in the pocket? Right. No, I agree. I agree. I, um, I, I, I think the big thing, is we we needed a we needed to do something, and we didn't have the ammunition. In, in particular, I got a lot of complaints. My father, why didn't we get a left tackle? I said, Dad, the left tackle that was traded, the big guy in the market was Dwayne Brown. He went for a second and a third round pick to the Seahawks. So we Eagles don't have you don't have, have those picks, so we're not going to give up a first for him. He's in his thirties. We're not as desperate as he as the Seahawks are to get some protection. Um, so it made sense. It was a kind of out of the blue, I agree. And he's not necessarily a perfect complement to a LeGarrette Blunt, but signed for two years on a rookie deal. Showed the ability to have some big play potential. Going to be playing in a better offense with a better quarterback. I don't want to necessarily be- say better wide receivers because the Dolphins have some gush on skill at wide receiver, but still yeah. just better all around for the Dol- than the Dolphins and a better situation because we're winning. Let's bring him in slow. I, I don't think you kill him this week because the bye week's upcoming as well. So a little bit extra rest for him. And it's a huge, it's a huge addition to the Eagles that and, and with the injury issues with Smallwood, his inability to block, his inability to pass block, um, and, and some young players and like Corey Clement who haven't learned yet. He's a, he's an amazing addition to the squad. Um for and we still have a fourth round pick because we had three fourth rounders we traded too. So we still have a fourth round pick. I, I thought it was a great deal. And kind of out of the blue, but one of those things that you just when you get the opportunity, you pull the trigger. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely exciting, and yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. That young wide receiver core, I mean, a ton of fun. Um, do we know 
a better situation about Zach Ertz with this weekend? I saw an alert. Now his hamstrings acting yeah. up. Yeah, I, I don't know. He'd be a we'll huge see. loss because against this defense, you got to have somebody. And this defense is really good, the Broncos. And we're going to get to the pick, obviously. But the Broncos defense scares you because they're one of the best in the NFL. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. He'd be a massive loss, in particular on third down. They don't. This Broncos defense doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, but one would be their coverage ability for tight ends because that's what I was going to say. Right, got a lot of speed at linebacker, but they don't necessarily have, and their safeties, while good, are not are not. They're not as elite as say, as say um, other 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 pairings. So up the middle was probably where you beat them. They're also an aggressive defense, so I, that might be the key there. So I, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a tough matchup. Yeah, I was going to say, too, even regardless of who you're playing, and, and you can't not – I'm not trying to say this to discredit the Denver defense for what it is because they're awesome, but it's just such a great difference maker of having a, a tight end like Ertz, you know, like a Gronk, that can just add another dimension of your offense on top of a great running back or a great wide receiver core, and it can help spread it out for the rest of it, um, you know. And, and it'll be unfortunate to see if that way um, help, certainly helps a lot on the fantasy way. But, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, like you said, we'll get to the picks, and we might as well move right on to yeah, the yeah. fan favorite cold hard locks, the weekly battle between me and Matty D. Uh, so last week, Matt, we came in because we discarded week seven because neither of us got our picks to each other. You put yours on ESPN. I forgot to put mine on ESPN, but we never got, we never cross-referenced. Threw it out. You came in though, up three, three wins, zero losses, three ties. I got on the board in week eight. No, I won. Oh, and the score I tabulated. I swept you in our competing picks, so I won by three. I went six and seven. Oh, and you. Unfortunately, came in at three and ten, not 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 so hot. Um, so we'll just move on from there. We won't need we don't need to dwell. Both of us went under five hundred. I think for the first time in a while, we'd done pretty good. We had one week where I think both of us tied, and we had like four picks right, and that was out of sixteen. Um, I think that might have been like week two. We've gotten better against the spread. That's just a down week for us. We we won't dread. Um, but jumping right into tonight. The Jets and the Bills, which is now the Jets have scored. It, it's seven nothing. Josh McCown t- taking it in himself. Wow, wow. Um, the Jets, I believe, came in as two and a half point underdogs at home. Can you confirm that? Yeah, I believe that was the case as well. Yeah. Kind of shocking with that line, yeah. but yes, exactly. Yeah, I I picked the Bills here. Um, I, there's plenty of time. There's more than half of the first quarter left for this to to work out in anybody's favor. I picked the Bills. I'm going to assume you did too. I did, yes. I did pick yeah. them to cover, so not great early on here, but yes. All right. And then uh, moving on, let's move to Sunday. No London games, thankfully. Thank uh, God. We'll start with the Ravens and the Titans. Titans come in minus three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Baltimore comes in with Alex Collins, this new hot shot running back um, who's gaining yards like a madman. Um, I don't know, Matt. Break this pick down for me. What do you got? 
I this was a tough one here. I actually took the Ravens, and they're like one of the strangest teams in the NFL. They go and they beat the Dolphins by 40. Um, I, I'm very high on the Ravens still. I think they have a great defense, an evolving offense. Joe Flacco will play. And there's something about this Titans team that seems like it needs another year to marinate. Um, although they have to kind of, they have to be the division fate. Well, I mean, okay. I hit that back. The Jags are down there. I can't believe I'm saying that they're definitely in the battle for that division title at four and three, but a three and a half point line at home when you're a division leader is kind of shocking to me. So I'm going to take the Ravens to win out right here. I agree with you hundred percent. I love that pick. I think in, you hit the nail on the head. They can't figure out which way they want to go with the running backs, DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. Uh, Delaney Walker's been in and out. Marcus Mariota's been a little banged up. Um, yeah, I, just, I like that Ravens team to you know, pull out this win. I like their defense a lot, too. Um, I think they come up big here. Moving on, though, we got the Bucks and the Saints, a battle between our winner picks for the NFC South. Right. Um, Matt, I'm going to go with your uh, your pick. You know, you uh, had picked the Bucks last week against, I believe it was the Panthers, uh, but they are really just they've really fallen off the the ship, if you will. Uh, Saints are a seven point favorite, but I like them to cover. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with the Saints as well. There's something wrong with this Buccaneers team, and it's not just it's not a talent issue. I, I don't know what it is yet. Uh, I think people got really excited about um, about. Uh, you know, when they watched uh, when they watched Hard Knocks, excuse me, I forgot, and they were all, ooh, the Buccaneers, they've got problems still. And it starts at quarterback. Jameis Winston has not been consistent enough whatsoever. No, not at all. Not at all. Moving on. Rams, Giants, 1 o'clock. L.A. comes across the country to New York as one of the best road teams. Of course, they beat the Cowboys in Dallas. They come in as a three and a half point favorite. I think that's a little low, to be honest. Yes, I like the Rams hammer the over both on the line and on the over under of forty two points. Yeah, hit them both. No, I, I agree. I the other big thing is Janoris Jenkins is suspended indefinitely. Another huge hit for a, a Giants, the team that really has been relying on their defense. I've got the Rams covering big time here against a woeful, woeful team. Yep. Yep. All right. So we move on. The battle of the almost there former NFC South champions. <laughs> uh, the Atlanta Falcons at four and three, visiting the Carolina Panthers at five and three. Carolina weird at home, just traded Kelvin Benjamin. It sounds a lot worse for Carolina than it was. He wasn't really getting that much playing time anyway. Atlanta, one-and-a-half-point favorite. Matt, break this one down for me. Yeah, I, uh, I took the Falcons here because I simply cannot Damn it, see I did them. too. I know. I can't. I just can't see them losing again. Yeah. So I had to grab them here. I, I don't like what I'm seeing with this Panthers team. I think there's a lot of – Issues. I think they start a quarterback. I think Cam Newton needs to start taking his job as a quarterback seriously. I've been saying this week after week. Um, I think he's he doesn't need to be the greatest thing that ever happened in the entire world. No, agreed. Um, Absolutely so, agreed. Use all the assets. They've got weapons everywhere there. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I, I think that defense has been up and down for Atlanta. I think they bounce back here. 
because of that, really, Cam tries to do it a lot on his own. If they can key in on a lot of that, like they were last year, I think they eat him up. Uh, Matt Ryan, I think, can bounce back big. Devonta Freeman could bounce back big. I really like Julio Jones to have a big game in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who, who's going to cover him? Bradbury exactly. on the Panthers? Right. All right. Now, I mean, the next one I had here was the return. The Jaguars off their bye week, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, who three and four kind of hovering in mediocrity. Gee, who do you like in this game? Yeah, so it's interesting. You Every week we get the Joe Mixon fantasy alerts, whether it's on you know your typical ESPNs or Yahoos or on a daily fantasy site that will not be named until uh, we can secure some type of sponsorship. Um, <laughs> but this week you're not really seeing a lot of that. And a big part of this is that defense. I think they've been pretty big. Uh, to help out with it. I think the bye week has been huge for them. I think if you just go back to what got you to, to a little bit of this, of what's gotten them to above 500, just handing the ball off to Fournette and letting him smash it right up through. I think you go right through that, that Bengal defense. I like them by a touchdown though. So I think that line's pretty good. It's competitive. Uh, the over under is 39 though, which they're really not trusting Cincinnati in this one, it seems like. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I was almost tempted to take the Bengals. I'm, I'm on the fence. This might be a pick I'd change at game time. Okay. Um, I think it's simply because I don't trust the Jaguars and Blake Borders. That's yeah, the reason why. If you're in one of those leagues, I know third and girls in this, that you're picking five games, this isn't a game you pick. This is no. one where – backing away from that five and a half points is very, very spot on uh, in terms of where it could be. It could be a field goal. It could be a touchdown. It's not going to be more than that. And that over under really, really reflects that. Yeah. And this is, I mean, he, this Bengals team still has plenty of talent. So yeah, don't forget the amount of talent this team puts out in the field every day. They've got issues, but plenty of talent. And um, yeah, I think the next game, (laughs) If you want to talk about how sad it is for both these teams, the oh. coming off the terrible Andrew Luck on IR news, not even able to play, up against um, the Texans, who just learned that their budding, incredible rookie season superstar, Deshaun Watson, is out now for the season as well. <laughs> yeah, killing my fan, our fantasy teams here. I don't even know who to take in this game. I'm actually going to swap my pick. Uh, before I learned he was hurt today, I was going with – um, with the Texans, I'm going to go Colts now simply because I am too. Tom Savage, a quarterback, doesn't impress me uh, with Matt McGloin as his backup. So I'm, yeah, I'm taking, uh, I got to take the Colts of all the teams to cover and win that game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The Colts, they're also getting seven points right now. That line's going to change. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they end up getting the favorite coming into it. Just, just because of the fact that they're on the road, they haven't won on the road yet. They're two and six versus a good home team. You, you, we've seen this every which way that the, the Texans have played over the last couple of years. They're always good in Houston. Um, they have the World Series high right now, so you, you know you see that. You possibly see that carry them a little bit, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I took Indy with the points at least if at seven. That's something again. Stay away from at least until game time when you get a better idea. And, and even then, I. I'd probably put this as the anti-lock of the week. Right. Yeah, do, stay away from this game. Stay away from no this one. Let's um, end with the last 1 o'clock game. Yep. The, 
the big bad no fly zone Denver Broncos come into town to face off against the NFL leading Philadelphia Eagles. Them Eagles. Seven and a half point line. Broncos coming off another bl- uh, a bummer in in uh, against Kansas City, and they've made a quarterback change. Barack himself, Osweiler, will start. Rocket ship. Rock is starting. And, um, yeah, I don't even know. I don't necessarily know where I want to just uh, – I want to just take – I want to just know that the Eagles are going to win because they're the better team because I think they are. Broncos defense scares me, though, G. I know. I'm going to still take them to cover because I think Brock Osweiler is somehow worse than Trevor Simeon has been playing. But what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think they can take that seven-and-a-half point line and make sure they cover that? Yeah, so I think they have this skill enough to win. Adding Jay certainly helps with that cause. Looking at the weather right now, might be raining. It's 30% chance of rain, 69 degrees, so it's not too cold. Uh, low of 60. Better, Actually, one of the better days of the weekend. Uh, it's going to be high of 60 for my golf game on Saturday, probably lower because I'm playing early. Right. Um, but you guys don't care about that. <laughs> The birds seven and a half points. I feel like is a lot against this defense. Um, I think there's some type of growing pains with the run game. Adding a Jai, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, saying slowly mix him in. I don't think he's he'll affect the game certainly. Um, but we saw that run game be a little up and down. The defense played incredibly well, and I think they carry them to a win. But I, I, I'm thinking it's maybe a five-point win or maybe a touchdown. I, I don't think it's more than seven, though. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to take I'm going to take Denver with the points, but I think the Eagles win. Um, you you're taking the Eagles to cover the spread. Yeah, I think somehow they managed to get it done. Okay. All right. So that's our first competing pick. I would love to be wrong and give this, or at least right now this week, to you. But still, plenty of picks. We move to the late games. First one I got is the Cardinals at the 49ers. And this one is getting interesting. So the 49ers earlier this week traded for big Jimmy G. This other, the second, the formerly second most beautiful man in Gillette stadium. <laughs> Cause I know how much you love Tom Brady. Cardinals come in as a two and a half point favorite. I have right here and call me crazy, but between Carlos Hyde and granted, they won't have Pierre Garçon. He's out for the season. Uh, unfortunate neck injury. Get get better soon. Uh, but I, I, I think Jimmy G can can get this done with the points. I like the 49ers here. Yeah, my only concern is they're, they're still up in the air about whether he's playing or not because they're trying oh, to get really? him to play. Yeah. Well, I know Bill Belichick gave him the playbook a while ago there. Um, you okay. know, he has every playbook stored away in his office somewhere. Um, but uh, if he plays, I'm with you. I still like them regardless. I don't like the, the Cardinals without Carson Palmer. And other than a yeah, few Drew games, Yikes. Uh, right, the 49ers have had some really good games. So I'm going, I'm going 49ers regardless of Jimmy G or not to sneak out a victory here and finally get on the board. And then we can sit here and wait for the Browns to eventually win a football game. So I'm going 49ers regardless of the quarterback situation. And they have a little bit of a better uh, offensive team, a better of a quarterback situation because I'm not a Drew Stanton guy. No, no, no. He's not not fun to watch. Um, 
yeah, you know, they had all those weeks. I, I'd love to – wish ESPN showed on top of the line and, and over under because you have to pay for to see the against the spread stuff. I wish they showed the against the spread records because um, San Francisco is great against the spread. Love that yeah. here. Uh, other 405 game, Redskins traveling out west to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks come in as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. And really, the big stinger for me as you know, a guy who just lost to Sean Watson as his quarterback, my backup was, was Kirk Cousins, and it could not have come at a worse time with this game being in Seattle. Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson again. He added another lineman to help protect him. I really like Seattle in this game. I think they cover. I do too. They're they're not happy with the defense. It is not happy with the way they performed. I think they smoke them. I think the Redskins continue to tumble back to earth. I've got to go Seahawks here for sure. Um, and then I, I think the next game we're looking at has to be, to me, outside of the Eagles, the biggest game I'm staring at on the schedule. Yeah. Really quick before um, – Oh, go, go, go. I just wanted to say – the Eagles have to go to Seattle as well, and that game might be one of the most important games of the season, but we'll get to that when we get there. I just had to make that comment. The 425 game on CBS, and this is always my problem with Fox, and we get Joe Buck back with Troy Aikman because they always get the Cowboys. Not here, though. It's on CBS, but it's the same thing. You get Tony Romo in this, and I, I'm not sure if he's done a Cowboys game yet, but he's going to. I'm sure he'll yeah. be a little less Cowboy friendly than Troy Aikman. He'll probably know every single play, five plays before they happen, and he might write them down and do this, throw the at the end of the game, show his notebook in front of it. Cowboys come in at a one-point favorite in this game. If the Cowboys pull this out, now, granted, Zeke's out. He tried to appeal a suspension, you know, all that jazz. Um, you know, that's big. It's a big win. There be five and three. Chiefs fall to six and three. Um, you know, big, big moves and a big almost fissure through the the landscape of the NFL. Um, your pit of mediocrity that we that we opened the segment with. Um, but I still, I mean, one point, I mean, you're giving them the the Jerry World treatment, I guess. I like the Chiefs here to take it as a surprise road dog. Um, they're good. On, they're good on the road. They know how to kind of grind teams down, and I think they kind of expose Dak as a you know as not as great as he's been playing. Right. I mean, I I don't understand this heap of praise they're just dumping at Dak's feet. Oh well, he's still better than Carson. He's all, and I'm not taking this away because every team has this right, but he's always had an amazing offensive line, a couple really good defensive weapons, and beyond that, a really great – I mean, oh, I'm sorry, offensive weapons, Witten, Des Bryant, Cole Beasley, and he's also had um, an elite running back in Zach, uh, Zeke Elliott behind him. He's had one good season, and kind of to me, I think you have to consider it a mediocre season this year. I don't know. Yeah, it's not, not that blown. good. Right. He hasn't he hasn't come back and won a ton of games. So I'm going I'm going Chiefs here to cover and win on the road against the Cowboys. I know their Cowboys are coming off their bye. You know Andy Reid, though, still can't like them as an old Eagles coach. I'm taking them here to win 
I think Kareem Hunt, though, has the day after being kind of bottled up last year against the last week against the Broncos. He kind of flies through this week and has a big time week against a team that has um, some 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 defensive issues that deserve to be exposed, in my mind. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like they're coming off as a as an incredibly hot team on their defensive side of the ball. Huge week against the Redskins, which almost solidifies our Seattle pick even more. Seattle defense way higher than than Dallas. Um, but I agree with you. I think Alex Smith even picks them apart, I think. Um, and we'll just we'll see how it all goes. I think you know, we'll we'll see. Um, I agree with you. Take the point. Um, the 52 over under for total points. That seems incredibly high for both of these I know, teams. Right? I, guess I guess that's four touchdowns and three touchdowns um, almost, and then a field goal. But um, yeah, we'll see how it, how, how it turns out, but Kansas city definitely here. And they uh, at least try to keep pace with the Patriots up top in the AFC who uh, are on their by this week, as we talked about, but moving over to a game and this has to be one of the last games NBC couldn't flex out because you would have definitely put chiefs Cowboys here, or maybe even the Eagles against the, the Broncos, the Raiders, who have had their ups and downs with the injuries to Derek Carr and a couple other players visiting the Miami Dolphins. And here's an exposure of the ESPN (laughs) players to watch on their scores page. They only show the best statistical players. And one of the players to watch in this one is Jay Ajayi. Um, (laughs) But the Dolphins come in three-point home dogs. Matt, break this one down for me. I, I, I that offense was so bad, and that defense had so many. They just broke down with after the hit against Flacco. I think I think they're being generous to Miami because yep. they, now they they've lost their star running back. They've got injuries on the offensive side. Devontae Parker, even Jarvis Landry's a little banged up. And they're a little bit of a hothead team against another hothead team. But Marshawn Lynch is back. I've got to take the Raiders. They're playing for their season to me. The Raiders. They lose and go to three and six. They're done in the AFC. So if they want to be in the playoffs, they've got to win this one. I mean, they go to Miami against, I don't think, a particularly strong home field advantage in Miami. And I think they win no. and they cover that three-point spread. I agree with you 1 million percent. I think it's uh, I think it's you know an easy, easy cover for them. I think Derek Carr has another great week. I think those receivers do very well. I think Oakland tries to get it back on track a little bit. Um, they've had an unfortunate run they've had a couple of division games already uh really a lot of games in the afc they still have most of their nfc east foes to play they've only played one um but we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean right now they're they're tied for tied for 12th and they're they get um uh i guess the the tie-breaking loss against both the jets and the chargers um but you know, we'll see how, how it all goes for them. It's, you know, we're, they're only halfway through the season. The Chiefs did it a couple years ago. Why right. why can't Oakland? Right. Um, closing out the week, though, we, we moved to Monday night. Uh, an intriguing matchup, to say the least. The Detroit Lions come to Green Bay as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. Detroit... 
isn't exactly where they want to be in terms of record. They'd had a couple, you know, up and down games, uh, you know, you know, a lot of different stuff going on with them. The Packers obviously without Aaron Rodgers, hence why Detroit is, uh, is favored here. I, um, you know, I, I still, hmm, this is a tough game. I do like Detroit here. I like them to cover the spread. You know, it's a field goal. Mm-hmm. They get cold one up in Green Bay. I think you might be able to get it done with with Green Bay. Their defense is still pretty solid. They still have all the different skilled players outside of Rodgers. Um, but yeah, it'll be should be a good one at least. A, a good Monday night game. Probably one of the first times in a while that the Monday night game has been actually good comparatively to a shit Sunday night game. So that at least there's a win there for uh, right. Yeah, Monday Night Football. No, I, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Lions are still a better team than their record shows, have a couple tough losses here, and, and I don't like Brent Hudley enough. I, I think they take one in Lambeau, a rare victory in Lambeau. you got to get them while you can. Uh, and I think, I think they, they win here as well to kind of hang around in the NFC playoff hunt uh, in the mid, midway through the season. Yeah, and I mean, looking just looking at the playoff standings, you know, you see Detroit coming in at 10th. And what will happen is Dallas, they, they'd move into a tie with Dallas to win. They'd move into a tie with Green Bay. Uh, we both picked uh, Atlanta to win, so they, would, they would, wouldn't uh, tie up with them there at uh, the seventh seed. But they'd get above, I believe, uh, no, Dallas would still get it on the conference conference record. Detroit would be 4-3 and three within the NFC. Dallas four and two, so they'd be ranked eighth, slowly but surely clawing their way back up within the division. Um, still two games behind Minnesota, who is on their right. bye this week, um, but still plenty of time for everything to to kind of unfold, whichever you know, whichever way it's going to. Um, you know, kind of the to bring back up the theme of cannibalization. The NFC South right now has three teams that are above five hundred. And I think they could start really banging, you know, messing each other up, you know, start banging heads, seeing how it goes, especially if Tampa Bay can turn it around a little bit. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And it's another big week. I don't know if we're in the in the um, really make it or break it week, but this is another big week where we're going to start to find out a little bit more um, about which teams are really going to have it come come playoff time big test for some of the top teams. And I think the Lions are one of the teams now on that precipice. They need this big Monday night win to show us that they are, they're in, uh, they're in the playoff line. They're going to be rocking and rolling. Absolutely. Yep. And it's funny too, like that there's such a big gap between really the 13th place in the NFC Chicago bears and the, the really the saints who they're five and two. That's, you know, granted it's two and a half games, but it's, Still, you know, a doable margin. I mean, the, not to say the Bears are going to do it or, or the Cardinals with Drew Stanton, but it's, I mean, the this pool of mediocrity, as you called it, it's it's there and it's still still a lot of room to wait around in. Right. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I could not agree more. So uh, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be a great, rather rather great weekend of football, though. I think there's no oh, way, can't wait, no way around that. Absolutely. No, prepare to sit on your couch or go down and tailgate. Uh, watch out for our stories all weekend between Matt going down to the Eagles game on Sunday, me potentially joining him at the tailgate, 
and me on the golf course if you care about that sort of stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun weekend of watching football. Um, on a movie note, Thor 3 comes out, Thor Ragnarok. Excited to see that. It's going to be fun. Um, and if you haven't caught up on Stranger Things, do that too. But I I'm think in, that's going to do process. I'm in the process. Are you? On Stranger watched, Things 1 or 2? I watched the first season of uh, first episode of oh, season 1 of Stranger Things. So I'm on the way. You're only in season. Wow, man. Well, I, I didn't get on the wagon. I, look, I got to get on the wagon now before it's too late. Gotta so I'm getting in. You have plenty of time. I'm only two episodes into season two. So maybe that's what I'll do this weekend around golf, Thor, and football. But I think that's going to do it for us. Matt, you got anything else? No, that's what I got. I love it. All right. Well, everybody go check out the website. Look out for the college football preview blog, the Fun V Tailgate blog, as it's so eloquently called. That comes out on Fridays. Thunderblogsports.com, of course, is the website. ThunderBLG is our Twitter account. Thunderblogsports are the handles for both Instagram and Facebook. Look out for everything this weekend, and I think that's going to do it for my man, Matty D. I am the G-Man. Have a good night, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. Take care.